3: Hello,
4: welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
2: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined as always with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Human calendars are largely made up technology, But Happy New Year. Uh, Congratulations to everyone. Uh, We can't wait to hear from you and your fellow conspiracy realists. We've got a grand and strange question ahead uh we have a first hand account following up on our earlier conversation just last year about uh, <laughs> about the red sea uh that's some deep water surprisingly on many levels uh and before we get to any of that we're going to hear from our pal oz
3: Yeah,
5: I'll just dive right into it. I think this is one that's certainly was uh, news to me and potentially mega helpful. And I think will be for some of you conspiracy realists out there uh, in podcast. land. Greetings, guys. I want to comment on your most recent strange news episode, specifically on the hacking where customers account information was stolen. Uh, I am an active duty Air Force member. And when I was stationed in Europe, I was sent to Germany to attend a work related event for a few days. At the end of the event, I checked out of my hotel, starting the hours long drive to where I was living at the time. Then, as Ben would say, you get into situations. About halfway into the drive, I realized I had left my passport in the hotel room safe. I immediately, first of all, good on you for putting it in the safe. I've never once actually used those safes. And when you travel with your passport, that's... That's the most important document you could probably possess that you've got out there in the world. So, sorry you left it, but I think it was a smart move. About halfway into the drive, I realized I'd left my passport in the hotel room safe. I immediately pulled over and called the hotel. They said they'd be able to retrieve it and mail it to me, but I had to give a credit card number to the clerk over the phone. I'm presuming this is for postage. I didn't know what to do as it looked like there was a potential for that person to use my card information for other reasons since there was no paper trail leading to the person receiving my information. I went to Google and struck gold. I found an app slash service that I can't stop recommending called privacy, uh, privacy.com. First of all, good on them for locking that. <laughs> url down Um, to be clear i'm not employed by the company nor do i have financial interests in it it lets you create burner cards tied to your bank account which can be single use one and done or tied to a single vendor if tied to amazon only amazon charges can go through Uh, you can set charge limits per month or per transaction if you pay for the service you can have unlimited open cards but the free version lets you have something like four or five Uh, once a single use is done It doesn't count towards your limit. I know this doesn't help in cases where you have to provide an actual bank account, but can greatly reduce the places online with your credit card or debit card information that could be hacked. Anyway, long story short, I got my passport back with no issues and found a great service. Feel free to read this on the air if you wish, and you can call me Oz. Oz. Oh, man. First of all, I, I think uh, y'all might remember I, I recently discussed, uh, I think it was maybe even in the episode that Oz is referencing, that I had uh, some weird fraudulent activity uh, on my account, and I had to you know cancel my debit card, and it turns out that it was because of the linkage that I had of my debit card to mm-hmm. my Apple wallet, and that, that some service that I had tied my Apple wallet to in the past, I guess, had exploited that linkage and charged me some weird fee that I had no idea, you know, what it was for. And thankfully, my bank did, um, you know, return it uh, once I reported it. But it really got me thinking about how fast and loose. I was playing and a lot of people I'm sure play with having that information out there and when that linkage is just you know out and you know being used in multiple different services that can be really sketchy and dangerous you know for your identity and the potential theft thereof um, so this is a super super useful service and I, and I looked it up on Trustpilot it's got um, nothing but positive reviews you know I think it's got or uh, out of 3,000 reviews 90% 5 star um, went to some threads about it on Reddit, nothing but positive things to say about it. Um, so I, I'm going to check it out myself uh, as well. But it just got me kind of thinking too, guys, just about how I think in some ways naive people can be about their, for their information being out there. Matt, you had mentioned another big hack recently of, I believe it was a, a telecom company um, where you realized that you maybe were caught up in, in, in one of those leaks you know, of data and how that data can be stored for a lot longer than you realize, even if you're no longer a customer. This is a great
4: way to kind of mitigate that. Ben, I think it was you who mentioned the Xfinity hack that was really big yes. that occurred. Yep. And then I'm, I was talking about the NationStar slash Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cooper hack that was actually tied to people's like bank accounts. So yes, where it, it had to be like a direct bank account. It couldn't be a credit card in this instance. Um, but I would just like to add, this is something I've been very interested in, interested in for a while and a lot of larger credit card companies in American Express or a Capital One will allow this type of thing but it's often like a single virtual card or something that you can then use for online purchases and if it gets you know exposed for one reason or another it doesn't directly affect your physical credit card that you have but they don't offer this thing that Oz is talking about where you could, like, you know, split them all up to where yep. you only pay for Apple stuff with this one card that's mm-hmm. not real, but it is attached to your
2: account. That's This is very cool to me. It's also, uh, it's a pretty successful company, Oz. So they started in 2014. In 2021, they rebranded to a thing called Lithic, L-I-T-H-I-C. They're making money because this is a good idea. The primary question, the primary issue is the security of that information hub, right, in general. Right. So as long as they don't run into any shenanigans, you're going to be fine. And as we said previously, uh, when we brought up the idea of hacks and debit versus credit card in general, uh, your credit card is going to have a little bit more of a firewall and do your your odds of escaping a hack or getting your money back at least are a little bit better with a credit card. I think it's cool. I am still like you, Noel, and probably like you, Oz, I am still astounded that they got privacy.com. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It
5: reminds me of things, you know, if we're talking about other ways that you can protect yourself and, and information that maybe people are a little too fast and loose with on the internet, it's passwords. Um, and there are these password wallet things where you can store all your passwords and have a master password that could be really complex, you know, generated. Uh, and then it's tied to all of your passwords that you actually remember to unlock it. Uh, and I first was made aware of these. Quite a few years ago, and um, I can't remember the name of the one that I was turned on to, but I'm sure the technology has gotten better. Um, But as we talk about these kinds of stories, we know you got to protect yourself against this kind of stuff because it's just getting... Easier and easier for your information to be compromised if you're not careful, and if you're just using the same one or two passwords for every service. That I know we've all probably been guilty of that uh, from time to time, um, and it's it's easy to get overwhelmed because so many things want you to make a new account, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the the feeling of financial security that goes along with this this particular. Service. And, you know, even most things, there's only a very select few things that really require you to use a bank account. Some will offer you the option to use a bank account to link it to a bank account. But often you can use a credit card or a debit card uh, or even Venmo or PayPal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you can pay those services with your actual debit card that could be ghosted by one of these. So it's a smart way to kind of protect yourself and protect your information.
2: I was not aware of this service at all. You can use a gift card too, you know, like uh, a Amex or Visa gift card. It's a similar thing. What is that? It's not just like a a store
5: for, well, that's a little different. I guess you put stuff on those, but this is like a, uh, what do you call it? An alias almost is what this is.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. similar to the services that allow you to use a throwaway account, email account when you have to sign up for something. Right. Uh, Yes, there is always an opportunity for grift and graft, but uh but this does seem to be, uh, to your point, about True Pilot, Better Business Bureau as well, it does seem to be a pretty popular uh thing. And I don't know, you know, you, you hear about all these uh hacks, you hear about the woeful OPSEC problems of, of uh, so many large companies and I get it when I hear people say, I just want to use cash. But as we as we talked about years ago, physical currency is becoming less and less viable in uh, in many ways. Right. Like some places won't even take it physical, you know, brick and
5: mortar places will not take cash anymore. So there's really no way to pay online using cash. He can't send it (laughs) in the mail, you know, for your Amazon order.
2: You can mail a check still. I'm sure it's somewhere buried in the options. To Amazon? You really think so? They'll take your money. (laughs) They they like money.
5: That's true. Anyway, Oz, thank you. We keep this one a little quick, but I just thought it was a good pro tip for starting off the new year on a uh, sound financial foot when it comes to online stuff. We'll take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and come back with another
3: message from you.
8: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: We've returned, guys. I was attempting to cancel my max subscription while we were having that conversation i was challenging myself to see if i could cancel it before this next segment started and i failed but yeah. that's okay i'll do it right after um here we go I, that whole th- the conversation about the privacy.com and that thing just hmm. made me take a quick glance at my credit card app with all my like recurring subscriptions again and yeah. it just was like oh God, we, New Year, <laughs> let's let's start fresh. <laughs> uh, okay, you should
5: watch uh, Scavengers Rain though before you cancel it. Have you heard of this? Brought to you by HelloFresh. It's so good. It's like <laughs> well, a, an animated sci-fi thing that I think both of you guys would love if you. Yeah, it's, well, it. it's
2: Joe Darsky
4: esque. You know, I wouldn't be canceling it if it was still HBO forward, and it is not, and I do hey. not like what it has become, so
2: I canceled Uh <laughs> All
4: right, so let us. Let's listen to, the, to this message from someone who called in with just a very cool question and maybe a, just a thought experiment for us to mull over for a little bit because it's it's not something I've considered before. Uh, this person called in one time, called themselves Pickles, just in the spur of the moment, you know what, call me Pickles. Um, and then called back with the moniker Fickle Pickle, which I do enjoy very much. It goes into our previous discussions about Artificial intelligence, artificial general intelligence, which is a whole other thing, and uh, time travel. So let's get into it.
2: Hey, guys. Call me the fickle pickle. If artificial intelligence invents time travel, what would it do?
5: I had the sudden thought that only one of two things can exist, AGI or time travel. Think about it. If AGI will exist and time travel is possible, and AGI will inevitably invent time travel. If this happens, I would imagine we would see evidence of its use. Perhaps this proves only one can exist, but perhaps I'm wrong about this, and it demonstrates that the oncoming AGI is either benevolent or does not see a practical use for time
4: travel or even time itself. All right, bye. The Fickle Pickle, uh, just with a quick question in there, guys. This one has got me thinking. Hmm. Okay.
2: Dun, 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 Artif, dun, first dun, of all, dun.
4: Artificial general intelligence. This appears to be something that will exist in my mind. To mm-hmm. me, that's an inevitability. What mm-hmm. do you guys think?
2: Yes. Also, uh, I would pause. That. I have thought about this, too. Oh, geez. Yeah, fickle, pickle. Matt, Noel, codename Doc. Uh, AGI existing. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great science fiction about the idea of something like this existing in the future, inventing time travel in linear time travel theory, and then uh, ensuring that the conditions in the past are such that it can create itself.
4: Yeah, but but why would it want to change anything
2: if it knows that all of the particular
4: things that occurred in the past occurred the way they did so that it could be born?
2: Great question. Also, uh, is this not an anthropocentric perspective? Right Like that's what you what you said there, fickle pickle, was the idea of thinking in uh, human terms versus you asked this brilliant question, what does a non-human mind think of linear time, right? Especially understanding that AGI, uh, which is again, just the term of convenience, apologies, robot overlords, etc. cetera, uh, AGI, if it has quantum entanglement capabilities. May vary. It may not encounter time the way the meatheads do.
4: Very true. Very true. It, to me, it goes to whether or not artificial general intelligence develops as a result of technology that's developed for a World War III conflict or something like that. And so, if if it's independent of, let's say, whatever becomes World War III, and World War III occurs, and somehow these things are too completely independent sets of uh, circumstances, then I could imagine the artificial general intelligence. Once it at some point in the timeline invents time travel, it could go back and prevent world war three and still maintain it's, you know, it's creation, right?
2: Mm, okay.
4: But if the, if it's somehow in some way linked to something catastrophic, like a world war three, massive depopulation moment that the earth has, then it wouldn't want to go back, or it could not, not want to, but it could not go back and prevent that catastrophe because it would also prevent itself from existence. Right. I think maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's the way I'm thinking about it.
2: But um, I mean, you're asking a great question, though. It's like, what's the so it's uh, so AGI, artificial intel, uh, general intelligence, still a hypothetical concept officially right? There has been no proven AGI publicly acknowledged at this point. We do know that based on the current human research, the algorithmic processes, the deep dreams, the mid journeys, and so on, they will tend to function with a specific scope of inquiry. So I don't know if this will happen, but Matt, <laughs> I think it will be amazing If the first AGI is not trained in warfare, right? A lot of people are betting on that. I would love it. It would be classic human. If the first AGI is like a specific, a cartoonishly specific algorithm, you know, that just like rates the appearances of bananas and tomatoes in Western (laughs) cinema. And one day it wakes up and it's like also time travel. (laughs) I mean, that's classic human.
4: That's dude. Yeah, totally. Guys, I don't know really where else to go with this thought experiment besides just speculating on things like it. OK, if the AGI could somehow time travel again, we're talking. It's all theoretical. It's all in the future. None of it exists yet, but it is the time travel doesn't feel inevitable because it feels like somehow thermodynamics prevents going back on the timeline. But it does feel like it could at least travel to the future. And see potential problems, potential, you know, things that are, are going to arise, then could make attempts in its present time to, let's say, fix those problems, eradicate specific humans, or, Ooh. you know, prevent groups from gathering, or I don't know, it, it does feel like that is a potential possibility. That's a good point. Pre-crime. Right.
2: Yeah. We killed this baby, but you have to understand in 2103, that baby was the new Hitler.
4: But like in, in its concept of time, as you said, is different. So in this current timeline, in this version of the multiverse, this is what is going to occur. So in order to jump timelines, essentially, we're going to prevent that person from being able to achieve those things. <laughs> hmm. Ugh, God, I don't know. But what about the butterfly effect, Matt? Yeah. What
5: about all the, all the other catastrophic things that you're going to throw off, throw out of balance by your irresponsible actions?
4: Well, I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't see any of that as irresponsible. We don't know how it
2: will think, hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we don't know what, what scope it was assigned to. Right. It's like killing people in the present because there will not be enough tomatoes and Godfather five otherwise, or like whatever. Like the, God, oh, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, right? God yeah, forbid. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Godfather forbid. Right. Mm-hmm, uh, indeed. But there's so much to ask about this because in this thought experiment, we are also. We are also directly interrogating the concept of the present as experienced by human beings, right? Is this therefore, like if all that is true and possible, is it therefore plausible that this present experience has already been kind of fussed with?
4: Well, that would be the argument for things like the Mandela effect, right? Like it's already happened a couple times and it's either setting things up. For its own creation, or it is, you know, preventing things. And we've just jumped timelines a couple, a couple times. It also, guys, this made me think tangentially about the fusion breakthrough that we had discussed. I don't know if we discussed it on air or we just like mentioned that it had occurred, but just at the end of last year in 2023, there were some crazy breakthroughs, like lab created experiments that made fusion energy a, an actual possibility. And we are looking at that. It's not going to happen in 2024, probably, but we are looking at a future where energy could be way more abundant and accessible and cheaper.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, oh, boy. You named three things that will terrify some members of the global status quo.
4: Is it Angola? that just left OPEC, that was another big piece of news. Like OPEC lost another member and it was mm. only something like a million barrels per month or whatever it was, Whatever, however they measure. It was a tiny percentage of all the oil that the oil producing countries create that are members of OPEC. But still, it's another blow to one of these massive energy conglomerates, right, or organizations that are uh, based in petroleum. So it does make me feel like some big changes on the way, we just can't quite grasp it yet. Which is another reason I feel like general AI is right around the corner. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a statistical certitude at this point, right? Like, eventually, there will be the ability for an algorithm to self improve. It reminds me of the Open AI debacle with a Q star, that's Q asterisk. No relation to QAnon, sorry, folks. Uh, The idea that something could teach itself, could practice self-improvement—it's going to happen. The question is, how do you raise that kid? Is the kid like the mind? Is it is it built to identify insurrectionists? To your point, Matt, is it built to identify unlawful gatherings? Is it built to learn film trivia? Is it built to, like, make sure your refrigerator is at the right temperature? I, I think the origin story of this stuff will play a big role in how how humanity overall encounters the impact or actions of a mind like this. Sorry, hmm. that's a little academic. Once again, got me thinking of Arrival. <laughs> Just putting yeah.
5: that out there. That's a sci-fi film, and I guess it's based on a book that... Really hit on a lot of the kinds of, you know, thinky concepts that we talk about when it comes to time travel and, and encountering interdimensional beings and the nature of language and, you know, uh, the timeline and all of that stuff. I think that's one that really gets it right, or at the very least is, is one of the least kind of gimmicky uses of that kind of stuff.
4: Hmm. I just watched a movie on Netflix that I really, really, really hoped I was going to enjoy. It's a new movie from Zack Snyder. Oh no! Uh, d- you I, know? Knew it. no. I knew you were
2: going to say it. You know, you
5: know him. He's. I heard to... It's just a mishmash of like every kind of tired science fiction trope that you've seen a million times. With but like in a Zack Snyder movie, well, I haven't it's, seen it. it. Has.
4: Is it's
2: Rebel Part M- Rebel Moon, One? Yes, right?
4: it's Part One, and it's beautiful, and it's got great. Zack Snyder moments where you go into, you know, the 300 shots, you know, where you've got a jumping character and it's just epic and you get to experience this moving picture. And it's just, I love those parts. And the cast is
2: incredible. Oh, yeah.
4: I, it's just, man, it was like there were so many characters and no real Plot that ever got fulfilled or followed, and you're just gathering characters, and no, you don't care enough about any
2: of them. Hey, hey, that one guy is a humble farmer, and it's important that someone says that every ten minutes.
4: (laughs) It was just, I wanted to like it so badly, and I, it's not, I don't know, I don't know what's. I heard there's a lot of kind of um,
5: insufferable exposition too that doesn't really add anything. If anything, just kind of
2: like is a slog. No, he's a humble farmer. <laughs> <Okay>.
4: <laughs> it's because you had again in my mind and i don't know i'm not some filmmaker alexis probably knows so much more about it all this stuff i'm no writer either i just know that there were so many characters that were supposed to be so important to you as the viewer you didn't have enough time to establish anyone or the internal world of any single person even the main character you don't I didn't give a crap about anybody because I I, I know nothing about them. I know that one character in the very beginning who's supposed to be our lead says things like, I'm so hardened from the war and I (laughs) can't love anymore because Mm -hmm. of the war, of course, and Mm -hmm. also the war. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, God,
5: what? (laughs) kind of feels like if you want a movie like this, Rogue One is sort of uh, has done it the best,
2: you know? That's a comp people have been making. Also, uh, shout out to uh, our good friend Robert Evans on Behind the Bastards with the danger of uh, of using. This is where I think you might be going, Matt. The idea of using uh, quote unquote artificial intelligence to write a script, right, to tell a story that hits. Is that being alleged? There's no way. Not with this. Not with Rebel oh, okay. Moon in particular. But I'm saying it. For me, it carries the same uncanny valley aspects right it checks the boxes of what structural theory of writing tells us to do right give a character origin a motivation and a fear right but you'll get
5: you'll get a very similar uncanny valley uh, feel when things are written by committee or just written with Mm -hmm. the intent to tick boxes Mm -hmm. more than the intent to tell a story Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
2: and this is This is where, again, we don't have any proof of this, but I think I think maybe where we go with this is what if AGI exists in the future? What if it figured out the laws of thermodynamics and it threw it all out? Because what we need to understand every 10 f-ing minutes is that this one character is a humble farmer. And that is part one of Rebel. I'm sorry, you got me, because I just watched it as well. And I was checking in. It's like it takes you out of it a little bit the same way that if you rewatch X-Files and you start noting how often people say Mulder's name. He wants to believe. It gets really weird. He really uh. wants to believe.
4: Well, I, I would say putting uh, Sophia—I can't remember her last name—the main character, putting that Re, actor Regaria, Regaria Butella i don't putting her as the lead is one of the smartest things you could do. She's so badass on on screen. Just make her character, you know, three do dimensional right, and interesting.
2: Right. Good God! Okay, the fight right. scenes are great. The action scenes are great. They are. They're beautiful. They're stunning. Except for the griffin. There's a scene. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Sure. There's a
4: griffin. All of a sudden, a character with a griffin shows up that we didn't need at all for the story at all. Space
2: griffin. <laughs> well, it establishes the origin, the motivation, and the fear. No, but right? what I'm saying
4: is we didn't need him at all. We didn't need that character <laughs> that was taming the griffin. We didn't need right. the guy that was keeping the guy who tames griffins tied up. you needed
2: the griffin. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, part two. Let's you know we may have to eat some crow on this one because when part two comes out, eat some Griffin that Griffin yeah.
4: really makes he makes the climax of the second movie work. Oscar you know? for and the
5: Griffin. Griffin definitely made me climax just hearing you talking. About.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we boldly go into the future and uh, Rebel Moon is <laughs> is kind of the film where they would put lines like that in the film. Yeah, right. Uh,
4: yep. Yep. Uh, so watch Rebel Moon. Tell us what you think. I guess. Humble Farmer. <laughs> it's <a> glowing endorsement. <laughs> I love Humble it. Farmer. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be right back.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil
6: Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in L.A.,
2: Piece of listener mail responding to our earlier conversation regarding Operation Prosperity Guardian and the Red Sea, and full disclosure, picked this one entirely because of the cool way it is written. So without further ado, here's a word from our fellow conspiracy realist, Dropkick. Arr, call me Dropkick. I be sailing for 10 years now for those folks who replace the whalers. The oil field is rich and mighty and bends the air of many a landlubber statesman. I got a little Russian on that, sorry. Yeah, a little uh, Scottish, uh, too. Uh, <laughs> the situation in the Red Sea is bigger than the mind can comprehend. Be- There's the Scottish. Because so much is going on. In non-pirate voice, what this boils down to is control over vital choke points of world shipping. Iran and its proxies have no ability to project power outside funding rebel or terrorist groups. So in order to show power or have leverage in future negotiations, such as on sanctions— They have to do their bit in holding the Red Sea hostage. Iran and the Houthis hold the lives of the Eastern Hemisphere in their hands. Grain shipments, fuel, fertilizer, food, and any goods going back and forth from China and Southeast Asia to Europe or North Africa.
4: Sounds like they need a humble farmer to get those grain shipments. Have you seen Rebel Moon?
2: Have you guys seen Rebel Moon Part 1? It's big in the space farming community. They got a griffin as well. <laughs> so, China- <laughs> no, I see, your, I see your face on that one. Uh, so, Rebel Moon aside, uh, our pal Dropkick says, China is actually losing in this situation because they are the largest consumer of Middle Eastern oil and need their products that go to the Mediterranean to pass through the Suez, that's the Suez Canal, for cheap, efficient commerce that benefits everyone. And here, our pal Dropkick Responds to our conversation earlier, Matt, I think you directly asked, why is the US involved in this? So uh, Dropkick says the world needs shipping in order to keep people alive and fed messing with that is a dangerous game. I personally know people on ships in the region. And these are just your average guys who want to send money home to their families and drink beer in new and exciting locations. Wait, they've got humble farmers already. <laughs> they, the coast is just lined with them. Guys, <laughs> Rebel Moon does have a humble farmer in it. Oh, and it's important for us to remember that. Uh, so Dropkick says the Houthis claim they're firing is he only- a dirt farmer? Uh, he's a humble farmer. Okay. <laughs> that he'll mean, farm anything, basically. Okay, gotcha. Because it's space rules. And he won't brag about it either. <laughs> There's a lot of nonspecific talk about crops <laughs> and bushels for some reason. Anyway, so uh, Dropkick says the Houthis, these are real-life bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Houthis claim they are firing only on Israeli-affiliated ships, but honestly, that is just a cover for the global audience. What's really happening, says Dropkick, is a Hail Mary of the Kim Jong variety. I imagine it means Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il. Both of them did this kind of stuff. What is that kind of stuff? Shoot missiles, make people scared, be an annoyance, go to the negotiation table and see what you can get. Repeat. Rinse and repeat, I think it means. Anyway, it ends like this. May the winds be ever at your favor. Dropkick! Wow, I don't know. That's,
5: that's is that is a pirate is, voice a brogue a, bruge, a brogue a brogue is that exclusively Irish and Scottish or or can a brogue be other types of very intense accents? <laughs> an my brogue question. it's
2: um it's American English. We can my brogue do, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, name, my brogue. <laughs> We're it's, all brogues here. <laughs> I, I yeah uh, like drogue right um, yeah. I think it's. I think, traditionally, it is a specific Irish dialect. It's also mm. a strong outdoor shoe with <laughs> an ornamental perforated pattern.
5: I'm oh, clearly right, spelling right. the word wrong. No, I'm very clearly spelling the word wrong. Uh, no,
4: um, you
2: got it Brogues, really? Yeah. Yeah, Brogue yeah, is a the type might. of shoe as well.:
4: Is that like that
5: movie? in: Bruges? Oh no, no, it's a, it says, it says it, in Bruges is different than <laughs> Brogue. But a brogue is an informal uh, term for a distinctive regional. Accent so a pirate that's absolutely a brogue. It is especially uh, associated with Irish and yeah, Scottish.
2: Yeah, I, I think traditionally it did that, but it, any regional yeah, pronunciation of stuff
5: could qualify. We learned something today, fellow. We learned lots today. We did. Thanks to our listeners.
2: We've got a yes. Thank you, fellow conspiracy realists. We also have to we have to note that the idea here is important to remember when we look at things like Operation Prosperity Guardian. Is the concept than that you just raise enough of a ruckus to get some leverage at the negotiating table. Iran, by the way, has ideologies aside, just look at the resources. Iran is now working toward a nuclear weapon again, or a nuclear capability. And again, if you check out our earlier episodes on how nuclear power works, how dual-use technology works, uh, you will Absolutely see the pickle here. The fickle pickle, we say Uh, we're doing callbacks 2024 (laughs) project 2025, all the callbacks. I, I don't know. Do you think then do you guys, I'd love your opinion as we close this out. Do you all think that this could be a negotiation game? Like is the idea to become enough of an annoyance that you may get some sort of concessions once you get to the table?
5: always be negotiating it's the pirate way
4: (laughs) maybe i i i don't know i'm i'm just trying to recall a lot of the news stories that have been coming out recently about specifically the u.s and maybe i'm just thinking that because that's the news we're exposed to but the u.s upping its security forces within the red sea uh because you know they've the the whole region's had to stop or at least slow down a lot of the shipments moving through there so the response, at least from, I guess the foes of people attempting to run this game, is going to be more big ships with bigger guns with you know more troops that can possibly jump to your ship, you know, and actually do the pirate thing, right, and take mm-hmm. you out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, which feels like a, a very dangerous game. But if it is just to be an annoyance enough that you can have some kind of leverage at the bargaining table,
2: then maybe. Yeah, maybe. I I will point out one thing that doesn't quite apples to apples for us in the negotiation comparison. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea is a nuclear power. And it is very well known, very well established through historical precedent that the best way to have some degree of autonomy as a nation state is to possess a world killer, like a nuclear weapon. The Houthi, the Houthi organization, terrorist organization, does not have that. People's lives in Yemen suck. And people who live in Yemen, again, are, for the most part, just like those guys on the ships that are getting attacked by drones. They just want to hang out and have a decent life. Uh, the The nation of Iran, which clearly... Uh, clearly funds, you know, Hezbollah, Hamas, and and Houthis. A Palestinian national just got shot, by the way, for saying, or executed for saying that out loud in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, but Iran wants to be a nuclear power because it makes sense from their perspective. They have been shown time and time again that that is the only safety they will have as, um, as their current state, as a theocracy. I don't know, man. I, I don't see that kind of negotiation tactic working well. What, the, what you could say the Houthi could do is just go to the Red Sea, say, look, I'm a humble farmer.
4: You could start that way, but then you <laughs> got to find an old drunken general that's past his prime that's been disgraced. Make sure you sober that guy up and then um, yell at him for literally two minutes and mm-hmm. convince him to join your cause. And then you get some kind of prince that can tame griffins, you know, just Griffin. for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what else do you need? Oh, you need a swordsman, a swordswoman who mm-hmm. is on a path of vengeance, something mm-hmm. about her kids, and right. then get her to kill uh, an awesome spider creature. Yeah. And then she can join up, too. And I think there's another one, uh, the brother of a brother-sister duo, yeah, who, who uh, for some reason, I don't know, they're in some kind of rebel alliance.
2: Hmm. Uh, there we go. Also, I never, I'm, I'm gonna, you guys know I love learning stuff and I'm, I'm one of the dumbest people I know. What was the First Order doing in the new Star Wars?
5: Oh. Being kind of Nazis, sort of pushing for fascism and ruling the universe with an iron fist, perhaps some level of enslavement. But like, I don't why?
2: know, it's a little vague. Yeah, I, I didn't get their Like Just out of meanness. Statement. They were they bringing... bad attitudes. Okay. Know?
4: We need to talk to Adam Driver. He he knows all that stuff.
5: I don't know that he does. I think he just
4: collected the check.
2: <laughs> oh boy. I don't think so. <laughs> well, shout out to the Sith Lords of Hollywood. <laughs> also, Adam Driver, great comedic timing. That guy is Dude, amazing. Him Have on, you seen him on the mm.
5: they had to take him off the circuit for the um Ferrari stuff, because some guy asks him, like, he's like, like, so uh, the the car crashes in the movie, they were sort of a little cheesy. What do you say to that? He goes... (laughs) Go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Shout out, driver. Also a marine. You guys know that, right? Yeah, yeah man. The determinism too. That guy was meant to play Ferrari, dude. <laughs> <There> <laughs> no, he's he's awesome. Oh, he's, he's these he's the jam, dude. But do you think he was just thirsting to play a Sith character? I don't think so. I think that was a money sitch. It's an amazing
2: character, though. It's so cool. Who would not? Want to sling around a lightsaber? Come on, on film, it right. was cool, it was certainly better than some of the some anyway. It was fine. <laughs>
5: well, I just don't care, y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Star Wars stuff, and uh, that's why I'm not really even compelled to join the club and making fun of this Rebel Moon with you guys, even though it sounds like a lot of fun. And I probably will. We're not I making fun, what? Dude. he's a
2: humble
4: farmer. I know he is, I know. dude. The grain. Look, man, they are only going to have (laughs) 12,000... Bear, uh, what do they call it? Bushels, okay. Bush or sex? And no, these the bad guys speed. are like, we need ten thousand, and they're like, but that's only going to leave us with tw- with two thousand barrels. We're going to starve. I, it's a, it's really important. Anthony oh. <laughs>
2: Hopkins does the voiceover, doesn't he? he does. does he really? He yeah, does. you're back in now, aren't you? Uh, I am. <laughs> you had me at the hopster. <laughs> Have
5: you seen that guy's Instagram? It's a delight.
2: <laughs> uh, also, He's shout a
5: out punchy character
2: yeah yeah shout out to uh shout out to anthony hopkins because you know we're we're going into 2024 together folks and thank you for tuning in and we we're projecting positive energy the secret is sort of science and woo wooey but if it's not hurting anybody then one should have cool things to say and supportive things to say just like a humble form Okay, last time, last time. I will never make that joke again. Uh, one thing to brag on Anthony Hopkins, though, that guy only does acting so he can pursue his true love, which is classic piano. He's fabulous.
0: No, he's, he's fabulous. Mm-hmm.
5: Speaking of the woo-woo or the um, the kind of intersection, perhaps, between woo-woo stuff and stuff that actually works and then the science and all of that. Did you guys hear, I forget, some very reputable, uh, I believe in Ivy League University, and I'm trying to find it, is teaching multiple classes in Reiki. And there have been studies now showing that there is something to the results that go along with being treated by Reiki, which really? is an you know, energy work, yeah.
2: I've yeah. I have not heard that. Be very got to interested to learn more. Hold on. Hey,
4: um, if if you're in Atlanta and you know about Reiki, give us a shout. Mm-hmm. We we want to learn more.
2: We'll hang out with you uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's all let's all go grab some snacks, right? Uh, and uh, this is not none of these offers are insincere. We want to learn more. We want to learn more with you. We are so thankful that you are here, fellow conspiracy realist. Take a a note from Dropkick, Oz, and the Fickle Pickle. Join us. Come on the air with us. Hang out. We are so easy to find online. That's right. You can find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on uh,
5: uh, Twitter, Nay X, X Nay Twitter, X FKA Twitter, uh, YouTube as well, where we got lots of fun video content. Um, and we appreciate the support on all of that stuff. Uh, and also on Facebook, we're also Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram and TikTok, we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. But wait, there's more.
4: Yes, call our number 1 833 STDWYTK. Tell us what you thought about Charlie Hunnam in Rebel Moon, part one. <laughs> is he the humble
5: farmer? No. 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 Okay. Wow. so many levels. <laughs> Sorry. I really got it. I feel I've got real FOMO, guys. I think I'm going I'm okay. to immediately go up after this recording, make some beef stew, and settle into Rebel Moon. You
4: really should. Check out Jenna Malone as this weird spider thing. It's so like awesome. The She's spider so good.
2: Again, if you don't speak English, this film is amazing.
4: Okay, we are it. not sponsored by Rebel Moon, Netflix, or any of the affiliated <laughs> Certainly people. not now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, call one std wytk When you call in, give yourself three minutes to talk because that's all you got. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we've got your permission to use your voice and message on the air. If you want to do more than that, send us attachments, a huge story that you've written out. Why not instead send us an email? We are...
2: The folks who read every email we get. And uh, special, special news for 2024, folks. We have two separate emails now. Uh, If you want to email us a complaint, please reach our complaint department, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's Jonathan Strickland at iHeartRadio.com. For any other email, please reach us at Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
4: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Moson.
0: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.